Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 502 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest down here, actually at the lighthouse as we speak at the moment, because Nikki Swan from the Helen Graduate Drama School will be chatting with me a bit. Hello. Hi, UK. I'm good. We'll talk to you in a moment or two, okay? Excellent, no problem. Fantastic. Between now and then, though, we will have music. Uh, we've got uh, some great new acts on the way, as well as hearing from uh, the one and only Melanie Gregain. She's going to be joining us on the phone for a bit of a natter and to bring us her brand new single, Things We Did. Also, we'll be finding out about the National Geographic's Big Cat Survey showing that lions are unfortunately retreating from 90% of their usual habitat. On top of that lot, Josh Griffiths and Nathan Walters dropped in to have a chat too, so we'll be finding out what's going on with some film and scripts that they are working on. But first of all... Wolverhampton-based author Sophia Saroy has Animal Alphabet. It was released into the wild at the end of last month and she joins me now to tell me more about it. Hello, Sophia. Hello, Jason. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, good to talk to you. So tell us a little bit about this book, because it's aimed at the younger market, isn't it? Yeah, it's aimed at naught to 5 year olds um, trying to support them with their pronunciation of the correct alphabetical sounds. As you're probably aware, we, you know, we teach our children A, B, C, D. But then when they, they when they reach to reception and nursery, they have to sort of go into a bit more phonetic sounds, which is abacadur. So I thought, let me write a book, basically representing these letters, but in a in a more phonetical sound way, so that parents can understand and help their children ready for when they go to school. So it is about that prep, and I think I benefited greatly from the fact that uh, my mom worked through various books with me as a kid, so I was learning to read before I got to school. Oh, and, fantastic. And that does help, I think. It does speed up that process. And, OK, it makes the teacher's life easier, which is good, but also yeah. it, it just means that you've got a bit of a head start when it comes to the understanding. So if everybody did that, then it, the, the teaching at the beginning would be a, a much more rapid process. And kids are, are just going to be finding it so much more natural to do. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. So that, that was the idea, because I've not come across a book where I could, you know, sit with my children at an early age and say, well, this is how you pronounce the correct letters. So they, so that, like you say, they're ready to learn to read then when they, they sort of get to reception. And doing it in a fun way as well is the important part. And I assume that's where you've come out from the animal alphabet. That's right. Uh, the the various animals, some some known animals, some that, you know, you've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's, it's just making them aware of the various animals out there. And just having that fun with the, with the pictures, the illustrations, which I think are just beautiful in the book mm-hmm. uh, there's so many I mean as you can imagine A to Z and they're very colourful as well so who did the illustrations for you? Um, the illustrations were done by Jason he used to work with me and um, and basically I came across a, a drawing that he'd done of a giraffe and I really liked it and I thought that's it he's got to be my illustrator for my book so I'm just really pleased with it. And it, I mean, it's great things uh, from uh, Olympia Publishers who have actually got this out there. But how can people get a copy? OK, all they need to do is they can go on to Amazon, Waterstones website um, or the Olympia website and, uh, and just type in my name or Animal Alphabet. And hopefully they'll pick the right animal alphabet because there's quite a few out there on the market. <laughs> but but uh, I suppose what to look for is if they're typing the correct name and the spelling, they should be able to access the book. So Sophia Sarai, which is S-O-P-H-E-A-S-A-R-O-A-Y. And That's it. pick it up from there and we get... Uh, 
uh, a bit of a bit of an advanced start for your kids and a fun way of doing it. It's going to be enjoyable for the parents to read along with as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I think uh, let's not forget the grandparents because mm-hmm. they play such a pivotal role in in you know the children's lives. And I think it's lovely for any sibling or grandparent to sit with the child and and know that they're doing something to help their education or help their pronunciation of certain letters. So, you know, I'm really pleased with how it looks. Well, excellent work. Congratulations on getting it to this stage. We're looking forward to the next book, which is going to be, I assume, another development uh, around this world. We uh, expect more from you in the near future. But for now, Wolverhampton-based author, Sophia Saroy, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. In a moment of time, we'll have a chat with Melanie Gregan. But first of all, this is her latest single, Things We Did. Did you ever overhear something Absolutely stone cold clear Have you ever slept back a lesson? Because it hurt, because it stung Because it made you question To say we'll never have regrets Is a fantasy we need to see And not just forget forgiveness
Dance Monday Griggin with The Things We Did and she joins me on the line now to tell me all about the song. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well and, and uh, how are you getting on? Yeah, very well, thank you. So you're doing great things with your music. Obviously, the massive success that was ready to run. We'll listen to that in a short while's time. And uh, another brilliant single, which is going to do just as well, I think. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit about the music then. What's, where has all this suddenly come from? Well, I wrote this song a few months ago with a couple of good friends. The idea of the song came from living life to the full and you know not living to regret a single day, taking more pictures, making sure that you've just capture everything in that moment you and songwriting has been going on for some time now and you've done brilliant things when you were one half of, of luke and mel that's right yes with that work i mean how do you think that's fed into where you are now i mean that gave us both a great foundation of where we are now well five british country music awards is a pretty good start isn't it it is it is yes and we've come a long way since then it gave us a, gr- a great foundation the bcma are, are a great association to be involved with and they've given me a great boost yeah even then the the people you've supported through your career and where we've gone to i mean performing just before engelbert humperdinck came on stage that must have been quite good fun it was yes yes um that was a little bit surreal um (laughs) great great audience great place yeah that was awesome when it comes with to your music, are you writing words first or music first? Whatever comes. <laughs> it, it, it really is a case where it sort of pops into your head and you think, hang on, that's a great tune I need to put words to, or here's some words, what on earth is that going to say musically to me? Yeah, that's exactly it. It just comes and goes in wh- whatever form it likes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and does this happen in the oddest of places? Could you be you know, on a tour bus somewhere and suddenly something comes along, or is it more in a, a relaxed moment in a coffee shop? Oh no, generally it's wherever you are. Um, you can be anywhere, and something might pop into your head, or you might see something, or you might overhear something, and it might just trigger um, a lyric or you know, a melody, anything like that. But do you have a favourite subject to write on? Because some people are just known for their love songs, but um, you're a bit broader spectrum when it comes to your work, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I generally tend to write about real life, things that affect me or that affect other people. But yeah, I try to keep it broad and try and get songs that relate to everybody. You tend to do quite a bit of your work when you're over in Nashville as well. And and over the last 12 months, I think that's where you've built up the songs for your current catalogue. Yeah, I have been over there. Um, it's been it's been great fun. Every next person is a songwriter over there, <laughs> um, and the whole place is full of live music. So it's it's a great place to be, and it's a great place for inspiration. Did you think you're inspiring people over there to bring some of the flavour of your songs to their music as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've written with some people over there. Have been great collaborations. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think some of them are coming over here this year and I'm going back over there this year. So, yeah, something to look forward to. And and when can we expect to see a full album? Because it's been two singles so far. It has, it has. It should be by the summer. And does that mean then plenty of summer festivals helping to promote that work? Hopefully, yes. I do love festivals. It's a great time to see other people, other, other acts, you know, friends that you don't see normally if you're just at a gig. And it's great to see old fans and new fans. So I love festival time. And, and in the British country music scene, is there any merch that you'd like to see? I mean, that might be quite good fun. Uh, is, is, there, is there a nice little uh, advertising opportunity? Is there going to be a brilliant T-shirt that's going to be the must-wear on the beach this summer? Hopefully. And we're always open to ideas. So, yeah, definitely. 
Because is, I mean, when it comes to the artwork for these things as well, is that something that uh, you like to have an input into? Because uh, the artwork on on a single sleeve these days, though it may not be a seven inch single in most cases, it's actually the, the what pops up on your uh, your phone or on Spotify as it plays. There's, yeah. there's still work to be done there, and I think I think you know that that's something that, which must be interesting to you as an artist. Yeah, definitely. I always I always have the say in what goes on on the front cover. Um, I think it's important that it conveys the message of the song as well you know it, i mean it can be the face but it can also be something that conveys exactly what the song is saying and i think that's kind of what my new one does mm-hmm. the new one is is myself with a, a couple of friends heading out on an adventure so i think i think that's important too well the brand new single the things we did well worth checking that one out uh, we've got a website where you can find all of your work Yes, it's melanie-official.com. So melanie-official.com, pop along there. And, of course, there'll be all the links to Spotify and iTunes and all the places you can buy your music. And uh, is there going to be a physical release, do you think, uh, as well, when it comes to the album? Are you going to be pushing vinyl for this? Yeah, definitely. I think people still like to have a physical copy, so... Yeah, we'll definitely will do that. Okay, well, that's something to look forward to as well. We're going to look back at your uh, iTunes number one single now. This is Ready to Run. Melanie Gregan, thank you for joining us and keep up the fantastic work. Thank you very much. It's the time of the day when she chooses the face that won't betray her. It's her eyes. They're always giving away what she hides, what hurts her. So she paints on her smile, it's as fake as the words that fall from his mouth. And they taint the facts she compiles as he slips and pulls her down. There'll never be enough makeup to hide this situation, never be enough truth to ease the suffocation. She's ready, she's ready to run, she's ready, she's ready to run, she's ready to say goodbye to that wreck inside and move on, yeah she's ready to Caught her eye like a revelation on the wall Where the histories hang there are signs of detonation There'll never be enough makeup to hide the situation Never be enough truth to ease the suffocation She's
That was Melanie Grugan and Ready to Run. Looking forward to her album a little bit later on this year. The Helen O'Grady Drama Academy is new to Wolverhampton, although it's been around for some significant time. Nikki Swan is here to tell me more. Hello. Hi, you okay? Oh, good here. So what's going on with this one then? Well, this Drama Academy in Wolverhampton started back in September 2018 and we're hoping to expand more in the Wolverhampton area. At present, we have four classes which at the moment are in Albrighton, Coven, Ford Houses and Purton. We're looking into expanding more, so we're looking at perhaps Wombin Way and also Bridge North as well, which is very exciting. Now you're currently working with 5 through 18 year olds, but the Helen O'Grady mothership as it were, uh, works with adults too, so that's something that may come in the uh, later days? Uh, Yes, eventually looking at interest as well so if you are interested just give us a call and I can put you on the waiting list which will make it a lot easier to make the classes up and available much quicker so that is a possibility but what sort of things are you working through because the the 5 through 18 age range that's quite a, a, a spread of ages isn't it Uh, Yes, it is. Um, We do split it off into two different categories. So we have the composite class, that is your 5 to 11-year-olds. And then we have youth theatre, which is 11 to 18-year-olds. We can also split that further as well, depending on how many children that we have and also the age ratio. Um, We always cater around all ages, if possible. So, yeah, it's quite vast and... um, we do split off quite a lot, yes. Mm. That also gives you the chance to work on different projects and, and mini projects, I suppose. And it gives the, the kids who are actually involved the chance to explore more deeply some areas as they either get older or it could be a, a fun comedy play for maybe the younger ones. Well, yeah, definitely. We put plays on every single week as well. We also work on the communication side so we get the children interacting with one another as well. There's other factors in the classes that we do each week that we focus on. It's also a life skill as well, which also helps 
results with those that are going into university or college or even applying for a job as well and mm -hmm. doing presentations. It's just the life skill that they learn within our classes is just unbelievable. Yeah, and it, it builds confidence and, and takes away that edge of fear sometimes because that can you know make or break you if you've got to do a presentation in front of, say, 30 or 40 people. Oh, yes, definitely. It's the children themselves, there's a few that have started and like, they're really, really quiet to start with, but now they're just absolutely bubbly and they're all like interacting with one another and willing to go and do main roles if I ask them to. It, they, they just get so eager so quickly but it, it's just so much fun now, how do you come to this because obviously there was no Helen O'Grady drama school in Wolverhampton when you were setting out on this sort of stuff so what did you study to get to this point uh, I studied film television and drama over at Aberystwyth University that was back in 2006 and I graduated in 2009 mm -hmm. I was looking at uh, different types of employment through 2009 and now but I only came across Helen O'Grady itself actually last year mm -hmm. somebody that I knew she did it recommended it and I looked into it there was no one in Wolverhampton that was a principal here so I thought why not let's go for it and here I am now yeah, but it was the whole ethos that you really liked and the opportunities that she sort of gave to kids and that chance to develop and, and, and broaden their skill base yeah definitely um, I looked at the curriculum itself and what we're about and all that the curriculum itself is amazing we have an excellent curriculum team as well that work behind the scenes and um, adapting it every single year as well and each term is completely different and there's nothing that we do that's repetitive at all and that means loads of new ideas some great stuff and a chance for the parents to see their kids shine as well so you say you're putting players on each week and how does that work we actually do parent week mm -hmm. um once per term we have one which was the last week of the December period for last term for them to actually go and see properly for them to do a proper play that will be in the third term in during the summer period where we actually do a proper production kids get involved parents come and watch and it's a lot of fun and we're in the process of getting that sorted and it allows them to build up to something as well doesn't it so they've got the opportunity to say well hang on yeah I can see where this is going and it helps to bring a, a point to them because I suppose particularly the younger ones they've probably got quite short attention spans initially and it takes a little while to get them into the the whole concept of, of doing a whole play uh, yeah it does um we as i say we do like we just build it on each week and then we just sort of put it all together and that's a blocking which is uh, a lot of fun i'm quite excited to do it this year <laughs> so it'll be my first one so it'll be interesting to see what the children come up with and we also do it with like the different classes as well so not only have we got one production we've also got like my four classes at the moment so we'll have four different plays and all of them are different as well mm. so it's just nice to see what adaptations the kids are going to be producing with them and you're working on your own at the moment I am yes I've got a volunteer which will be starting very soon I'm hoping to expand and hire at some stage watch this space and hopefully we should have some extra staff very very soon yeah, and uh, you've been involved in a, a number of productions around the area as well so you've so you know you know people who are working in, in that sort of uh, area across the Wolverhampton area too so you know a great opportunity and I'm, I'm sure you think they're really pleased with what you're actually doing and uh, impressed by what's going on as well yeah they are they are very supportive behind it they're actually helping us with the production as well for the summer term and I'm very excited about that so it, it's just nice just to have not only my family to help me but also the people that I went with in the drama academy as well mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I can definitely thank Coastal Dramatic Society for that. So they're a great team over there. They're doing actually brilliant work. Fantastic bunch. So how do people find it more and get in touch? You can visit our Facebook page, uh, Helen O'Grady Drama Academy, Wolverhampton. You can also get me on my phone number as well which is 07597605222 email as well wolverhampton at helenogrady.co.uk and we're also looking to launch a website at some stage so yes definitely watch this space and then before you know it there'll be youtube channels and all sorts won't there oh yes definitely <laughs> yeah. lots of stuff to come nikki thanks for having a chat with us great to find out more and uh, good luck with the continued work of, of your branch of the helen o'grady drama school well thank you very much it's been great to be here thank you Time for some music now here on the Milk Bar. This is Jadina and Future Soulmate. Oh, yeah. You're somewhere out there tonight In this beautiful world You'll find the map just in time But before you get here I'm asking God to keep you safe From your mind and heartbreak I swear that
Dina and Future Soulmate here on the Milk Bar. Lions have disappeared from 90% of their historic range in Africa. A National Geographic's Big Cat initiative, which is screening on Sunday nights, has got more information about a survey covering all of this and looking at what's going on out there to try and improve that situation. I'm joined now by explorer and conservation biologist Dr Amy Dickman. Hello. Hello. So what is happening out there? Because this is very bad news for the lion population. As you say, it is bad news, and most people are quite surprised to hear how much trouble lions in particular are in. You sort of think they're fairly secure because you see pictures of them everywhere. Everyone who goes on safari seems to see a lion. That, as you say, they've disappeared from 90% of their range. They've halved in about the last 20 years. And people are really surprised when you say to them, there are now as few wild lions left as rhinos. It's really important that we have initiatives like the Big Cats Initiative to raise awareness and also empower people so they can take action to improve the situation. So... There's things that can be done to try and turn this around. So so what sort of actions are being made? There are very many things that can be done. I think that's a really empowering thing about the Big Cats Initiative. It funds projects on the ground that tailor solutions to whatever the most important problems are there. So, for instance, I got the first Big Cats Initiative grant, and I've been working with them uh, since 2010. And we work, in our case, with local warriors to try to reduce um, cultural killing of lions. We also work with people to ensure that they see benefits from the presence of lions and other wildlife. And across the projects that the Big Cats Initiative supports, they are focused on identifying the key threats, reducing them and communicating this back to the audiences to show that people really can do something, we can turn it around. But poaching is still a problem there. Well, it's funny because poaching is such an all-encompassing term. Mm-hmm. Poaching as we often understand, it's sort of like poaching of um, maybe tigers to their bones or poaching of rhinos to their horns. The lions in particular, the bigger issues are actually things like loss of habitat, loss of wild prey, and conflict with people because lions will often prey upon their livestock and threaten people. So you have to tailor your solutions to deal with those issues. And it's about you know working out how we can generate enough funds to secure protected areas, how we can work with local communities to make sure they benefit from big cats and how we engage people across the world in this effort as well. Yeah, because it may, it's not really just a local problem in Africa, is it? It actually is far-reaching to make sure that we keep the diversity of this planet. Absolutely. I think all of us you know, are impassioned by the idea of having species like big cats in the world, and we want that to be there for our children, their grandchildren. Make sure that we maintain that diversity. So National Geographic has such an amazing audience across the world. And by engaging those people and saying, look, if you take part in this initiative, if you go to the website, which is savearchie.com, you can learn about it and you can either directly support it if you've got any donations you can make. But beyond that, many people aren't able to do that. Otherwise, it's just saying to people, look, if you learn more about it, you share it across your network. The first step to action is having the awareness, and that's what this campaign is doing. Yeah, and this missing Archie poster that is out there, I mean, this is an amazing story in itself, isn't it? Definitely. It's an incredible idea, not mine, sadly. But uh, it takes the idea of 
the traditional missing cat poster, which everyone knows it says there's a problem and you can help us solve it by looking for this cat. So they replicated this with a really amazing street artist called Dean Zeus Coleman, spent all night creating this amazing missing cat poster of a lion in Paternoster Square in London. And in the morning, as people went to the, through their daily routine, they sort of rubbed the lion off, just replicating the fact that people are rubbing big cats off the face of the earth, but also alerting people to the issue and saying, you can take action by going to the website, savearchie.com. You can actually take action to help secure these populations long term. And the big cat poster isn't only confined to London, is it? No, there was the big, big cats poster that was on the um, street in London. But you can also see other variations of it in Birmingham, Leeds, Bristol and Edinburgh as well. So hopefully people are looking out for these missing big cat posters and it directs them towards the website, towards savearchie.com to see how they can take part in the initiative. And the National Geographic programme, uh, Birth of a Pride. Now that is also you know, showing the story, the plight and, and making sure people are picking up on what's going on. And I, I mean, are we seeking donations here as well as awareness and, and how does that side of things work? Absolutely, if people are able to, then if they can donate to the Big Cats Initiative, that's hugely important. That funding comes through, as I said, projects on the ground. They've supported over 110, 120 projects in 28 countries. That has a real impact. So they can get the information through savearchie.com. They can donate there. And as I said, if, we can't, if people can't donate, the awareness is very important as well. And as you've mentioned, the programming, National Geographic Wild is running a whole uh, month of Big Cat programs through February to raise awareness of Big Cats and help engage people in this story. So it's really exciting. So that's one to check out in the wild slot, six o'clock on Sunday night and see that throughout the month. But, you know, it's really a case of trying to do something now before it does become too late, because not only do we want the diversity of the animals on our planet, but also we need DNA diversity within these prides so we don't lose the spread of uh, genetic material there as well. Absolutely. So we've got to take the action now before it comes too late. And also we've got to help empower the communities who live with lions and take this international interest and support right down to the local level so it's positive on all sides. Yeah, because it, it can't be easy knowing that there's a creature there that could take away your livelihood. And just upping and moving to a different area, although it's easier for the human to do than it is for the big cat, it's still not a simple solution, is it? Not at all, and you've exactly identified it. I mean, the fact that lions are not easy to deal with. There are ways you can help people live alongside them more easily, protecting enclosures, protecting people themselves. But ultimately, they need to have benefits from big cat presence. And the Big Cats Initiative does really support those projects so that local people can have the benefits and have a real reason to have these animals around long term. Yeah, and, and even things like you know, tourist industry around reserves and things like that, that can make a major difference. So if you are in a financial position to support that, go along and do it, go to a safe environment and see these amazing creatures in the wild. And actually, you're even supporting the sort of projects which you're talking about here. Absolutely. Tourism can play a huge role, particularly if you do it uh, ethically. And actually, National Geographic has its own travel programme through the expeditions team where you can go and actually see some of the work that's being done by their explorers, that's being done by the Big Cats Initiative, you can learn more. And that does, as you say, give a really important reason for the range countries to maintain that wildlife and that habitat because it's bringing in foreign revenue. So it can be a very positive part of the solution. Savearchie.com is that website. You can find out about all the work, the Big Cats Initiative in there, and watch it on TV and National Geographic Sunday nights. And that slot was the six o'clock slot. But for now, explorer and conservation biologist Dr Amy Dittman, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Time to take some more music now. This is Joking Torres here on The Milk Bar.
Nadam from Joaquin Torres here on the Milk Bar. So Nathan Walters and Josh Griffiths with me in the studio. How are you boys? We're Hello. good, thank you. Okay, so, you know, you've been working on uh, quite a few real projects together, so uh, give us a rundown on what's in the can so far. What's in the can so far? We've filmed Jack and John and Mind Games, which are two short films, which uh-huh. Nathan is involved in. And then we've got a further three being written called The Heritage, Guilt and Undercover Actress. So you're working on all of this at the moment. And yeah. this is, I think both of you said when we've spoken previously, it's about testing yourselves on the acting front at the moment. Is, and, yes. and you're doing that just to, to see how things work out. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and wh- wh- where does that that come from? Because so, so uh, Josh, I know you've been working with PQA, PQA and you, yeah. you're doing that. So, so where are you at in your education at the moment? Because you're just finishing off some bits and pieces. I'm doing my PJCE slash cert certificate education. Yeah. To become a teacher. So that's ongoing. That's all ties in with your, yep. your love of theatre, and you're going to teach uh, in that, and obviously some acting jobs along the way. Nathan, what have you been up to? Uh, I am unemployed at the moment to follow my creative endeavours. Okay, that's in. a good excuse. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, I like that one. So yeah. I'll my parents. <laughs> and they believe that? Uh, I think they did. They're funding this lifestyle at the moment, so that's hopefully that. Food, so. Yeah, that's that's okay then. So, <laughs> <laughs> not now. But um, with with what you're doing, I mean, what is what is the goal for you? What is your aim? Um, well, because I'm I'm trying to better my acting skills, but at heart I am a writer. Yeah. So in this time that I've got to focus on what I want to do in my future, I am trying to write, do my best to develop my writing style. Okay. And what sort of is your area of interest? Um, I, I would I would like to write comics in the yeah. future. That's sort of science fiction comics. That's my that's my goal. That is my mm-hmm. field. And can you draw as well? You're going to be able. Oh, to, I can't draw. So I you're going to be able to. Yeah. So you need to find it. And, and would you have got someone like that? You can start to work and progress that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I've got people in mind. Yeah. Uh, and, and is that within your group of people that you that you know? So you're looking at maybe starting a project on that one in the near future? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I've got some scripts in development. Okay. So that's also. Able to talk them about them in the future. Yeah. Well, that's cool. We'll, we'll talk to you. I always like pictures on the radio. That works really well. <laughs> so that should be good fun. But uh, with the two that you've done so far, tell us a, a bit of the background to that one and the roles each of you play in that. Mind Games is quite a strange one. That was the one we filmed first. Mm-hmm. And um, it all came about because I'd just finished a feature called Escape. So I wanted a break from writing big films. I wanted to work on something a bit small and snappy, yeah. get the story out quick. So what came to mind, to be fair, was when I woke up about 2am, and <laughs> just as you do, and I see visions. And I, but I just thought, I'll tell you what, let's write a film about a person seeing these visions and mm-hmm. being quite messed up in the mind. Yeah, that one was quite weird because the character I played is very, it's very emotionless, mm-hmm. which you might think is like kind of an easy, th- it's more easier to act because you kind of just put on a blank face. Yeah, it almost feels more difficult because yeah. like when you watch it back, you kind of like, oh, there's, there's no emotion to judge whether you're actually being good or not. Yeah, it's just very blank. It's a very blank slate. So it is an interesting one trying to make that work. Yeah, it's kind of it's, yeah, like if you just get a blank sheet and go, I'm a good artist. <laughs> I want to tell you not to blink either. <laughs> Lack, lacking in blinking, that's quite, that, that's got, surely some of that had to be done in the edit, but that's 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 not easy. No, it wasn't easy at all, but he got there. Yeah. And then uh, the second one? And then Jack and John came along, which was, um, which in a way, similar to me and Nathan as we are now, we are script writers, mm-hmm. so I thought, why not write a script about script writers yeah but we got on well in that script well, where, well we got on well yeah <laughs> but this script is almost like um, it's been filmed it's about these two script writers as I said before on the radio how they've came to blows about nine years ago after height of the career winning awards mm-hmm. and now they're sort of it's after nine years of being apart and not getting on it's been thrown back together to try and write one final script yeah and that one's very emotional I, yeah. think, I think we're both proud of how that one turned yeah, out yeah we are Josh you've been doing quite a bit of writing I have yes. uh, and we, we, we've been probably not going to cover it today because we probably get a chance but no, you're also writing books as well I am yeah so we'll talk about them you want to you you work on that which is, this yeah. is quite interesting so it's, 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 yeah, who knows where this is going to go next but uh, at the minute you're both sort of collaborating on what you're doing at the we minute. are yeah, yeah we're yeah. collaborating on some scripts so you're talking about two uh, projects that you've got working on at the minute. What are, what are we looking at there? The main two we're working on at the minute is called The Heritage and then the other one's called The Undercover Actress. So tell us a bit about The Heritage to begin with. 
Heritage is qu it's quite a strange one because it's this Irish Empire, this main man called Brendan Quinn, who owns this Irish Empire, and it's sort of then you've got a second story of Johnny, who's a therapist, and you've got his life, and then you've got the story of another guy who's from Birmingham, and then all this sort of ends up becoming one big story. Oh, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a criminal empire, not yeah. like a Roman empire. Okay, that, 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 yeah, the, the togas aren't going to fit in with that one, to yeah. be fair. But it, when, you, when you're writing this, though, are you also maybe thinking about who's going to play the parts? Because you, you, you're, you're a group, oh, yeah. a group of, of people putting together this as uh, an endeavour to, to prove yourselves at the moment. So you've, you've worked out who's going to be which character when you write them? Well, with this script, with, with these two scripts we're writing, we're actually looking at taking them to production companies, not us as JJR Films filming them, so... Mm. And I've got a couple of people in mind, and one of them's a celebrity, which I won't mention on the radio. But yeah, so you, you, you don't want to pressure them into. <laughs> but it, 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 there are links to that one, so it's, 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 this links, isn't yeah. just the uh, yeah, oh, it could happen. It is actually something is, that could yeah, happen. We've got friends of friends who know this person who want to get involved. So that'll be an interesting one. So you'll be able to run the project past them. Yeah. I, I think is that why it's probably more important as well to work with somebody else on the writing, so you're getting feedback and bouncing ideas around. Oh yeah, because there's only so much you can do as a person. For like the undercover actress, which we'll get to in a minute, there's a lot of factual base because it's almost most true to life and what's happening at the moment so I needed Nathan here to sort of help me do the research because he knows a lot about facts and he's quite clever in that aspect so yeah. that's where Nathan comes in. Also with writing sometimes you can end up in a vacuum just your own thoughts and you think yeah. oh yeah this will work and this will work. Sometimes it can just help to have someone else give a second opinion just go on. Yeah to be there to talk more about yeah. it. And when the, the where, where the ideas coming from then? I mean do you just send, sort of have like a sit down session and, and throw ideas into the hat and, and, and work it out from there? Well, because we're not always together, it's sort of one of them that I come up with mainly the ideas and then Nathan will, I'll tell Nathan over the phone or through Messenger the rough idea that I've got and then Nathan will come back with some ideas and then we normally get together and we just get the laptop out and there we are, writing together. Yeah, yeah, ideas just come... Ideas can come from anywhere, just mm -hmm. yeah. when you're on the bus, when you're at home cooking, they, sometimes they just pop into your head mm -hmm. and then you go with that. Yeah. So what do you, how do you think you're going to progress this? Obviously you're working on getting scripts out there. People... Are writing stuff all over the place, so there's 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 a lot of creativity going on, and for you know we see like one or two percent of the stuff that's ever created in the mainstream. So uh, you know how how are you going to make sure that you you don't fall into the other ninety eight percent? Well, it's one of them that we want to before we release it. We've been working on these for a while now. We want to actually get them perfectly done. How we're happy with them, rewrite them about five or six times before we even think about taking them any further, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that we stand out from the rest. So when that hits the production desk, they're not like, oh, it needs more work. We go, okay, this is a really good script. It's there and finished. Yeah. And also, I know the old saying goes that it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. But I think in this day and age with the internet, I mean, a lot yeah. more people get a lot more chance to show what they can do yeah. and attract the right attention. And then that's kind of what you're doing with the, the films you've been producing so yeah. far. So people get the idea, there's a script there, there's some good ideas. And uh, then you're know, working through, getting people to act, that, act this out. And uh, with the, the group of people that you've been working with, you've been really pleased with the sort of results you've been getting yeah. so far. We are, yeah. They're getting better and better as we go. I mean, that means you're still going to keep producing stuff, though, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got lots of ideas that are going to be filmed for JGR, lots of shorts, a couple of features I've got planned, so we're still going to keep the JGR films on the go. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you'll ever stop. Oh, no. <laughs> I always said that 30 years after he died, his body won't realise, and he'll still go. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the projects you've been working on, The Undercover Actress, tell us a bit more about this one in detail, because you're quite pleased with this one, aren't you? I am pleased with this one. We haven't even started writing the script at the minute. We took our time to write a timeline of the events that were going to happen, and it's a series, this one. It's not a film. So there's 10 episodes within the series, each episode an hour long. And it's very true to life with this one because it's 
because it's called The Undercover Actress, it's about this um, 18-year-old girl and the struggles of trying to get into the acting industry. So we show that quite well throughout. So you see the troubles of trying to get an agent, the troubles of trying to change names and appearances and all the rest of it. But you've got the underlying secrecy of this job offer coming along that the police want her as an undercover actress within them to try and catch criminals as well. Oh, that sounds intriguing. I like the sound of that. And, of course, we wanted... What's quite good about this is we want to really raise awareness for the police officers out there that do end up doing undercover mm-hmm. and then the sort of situations they're in later on when perhaps them criminals may come back after the undercover person that helped put them away. So you were um, looking at uh, both sides of that and, that, and that's where this turns into a series so you can cover that yeah. off. I mean, you tempted to film uh, sort of like a, a sample of this so you can put the idea out there. Is it just a trail of some scenes? Uh, if we can, I'm going to try and film some little bits that we can put to production companies to show them what we're all about and what the script idea is but it's very close to our hearts because it's one of them that it's never in the news mm-hmm. people get shot as undercover actresses or undercover actors and it's never talked about so we want to try and raise awareness that that needs to happen more often we need to raise awareness for the people who are losing their lives in battle so it, it is all about it looking at that uh, that side of uh, something which isn't talked about and, and and you enjoy doing that when you're trying to explore somewhere which isn't necessarily always seen uh, as yeah it's quite so obviously oh i love it because i'm into the action i'm into the gore and this sort of storyline gets me to be able to produce that and use that within the story and you get the whole concept of this rising actress which i've been through myself so, as not as an actress, as an actor, but you also get the true life where we actually hopefully get a message out there that can change people's lives. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it's both sides of that, and uh, hopefully an interesting screenplay to boost. Hopefully, yeah. Okay, so what else is uh, is, is in in the pipeline then? Because we, we talked briefly on books and stuff. I know you got uh, two sides of A4 paper there of I things did, that are going yeah. on. Well, like I say, I would probably leave the books because I've got another two films which I'm writing. One's called Guilt, mm-hmm. which I'm writing for JGR, hopefully. Yeah. Might bring in some outside actors as well. And the other one's Protocol Z, which I talked about a little bit last time, about this zombie apocalypse type thing. But you do like your zombies and stuff like that, don't oh, you? Oh, I love watching them, but I've never tried to write a script. Well, this one I'm trying to write, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And... Well, it all sounds really cool, rather interesting. We'll talk more as we head through the rest of your uh, your, your run down of career. Yep. And we look forward to getting you back in again soon and hopefully you've seen some more work from you both on screen. Yes, definitely. Soon in the future. Short films will be out hopefully this month. So where do we go to find all of that? JGR Films and Vlogs on YouTube with two Gs. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Facebook on Joshua Griffiths. You can find me on Instagram on Joshua Griffiths or on Twitter at, at Josh, Joshua G98. Okay, and I, I believe we have a shout-out to do before we uh, we finish we off here. What's going on? free pizza. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, what's the deal on that one? Well, I'm giving a shout-out to my very good friend, Adam, who's promised to buy me a pizza for the, in return for this, and everyone's heard it now, so we can't okay. deny it. Right, Adam, what's Adam's surname? Uh, Bowen. Adam Bowen. Adam Bowen. Pizza, please, you know where to find us. That's all three of us now. Okay, oh, yeah, we, def- we all need pizza. Yeah, definitely need pizza. That all sounds good to me. Thank you both for coming in. We look forward to hearing from you again soon. Not a problem. Thank, Thank you, you for much. having us. Time for one final tune before we go today. This is Primal Static and Need You So Bad.
Once again, that's Primal Static. Need you so bad here on the Milk Bar. That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 503 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the Milk Bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the Milk Bar. Yeah.